man, okay? You can think whatever you want about politics and all that kind of stuff. We are, we are required by God to honor and to pray for those in authority. And so we want to just bless him, that he falls in love with the Lord like he never has before, and bless his wife, that God would give him wisdom to guide our country. Because right now, a lot of people are being very disrespectful to him, not just in our country, but around the world. Other people won't shake his hand when they go to meet with delegates. I mean, there's crazy things going on right now, and he needs covering. The President of the United States should be very honored and respected. And when he goes places, people should, should honor him. Amen? Because of what he represents. So we want to be a godly nation, and we're really going to pray for that that night. Um, and and the church, our church is going to be a church of prayer. All right? Um, there's a, sign, a new sign we put up on the back wall there. It's Voice of the Martyrs. It's something that Joan L. Pegues and, and Matilda, that's something that they, that they brought to us that we want to jump on board and pray for them. There are countries where you speak the name of Jesus and you're killed or you're put in prison or you're taken from your family or your kids are taken away, all kinds of evil stuff. And if you look, Chiapas, Mexico, which is really close to home, if you look at the map on your way out, that's how close to home it is where people are being persecuted. And in our country, in very subtle ways, believers are persecuted. Amen. We're the American idiots, right? <laughs> That's what they, they think about us. And so we want to pray for the, the martyrs around the world. Amen. Good stuff. So collide September 11th. I want to announce that Kyle and Sarah are, are taking over the worship team. They're our worship pastors. So we want to welcome you guys. Thank you very much, Kyle and Sarah. Thank you. Amen. So they'll be heading that up. If you sing or you play an instrument, and you are hiding your talent, don't you dare, because this is where you get plugged in instantly. There's, you know, here's the simple process. You come to them, tell them you want to be involved, and then we, you go through some membership classes and stuff like that, and bam, then we want you to be part of the team. If you sing, I know like Gary sings, Gary's right there, he's, he's, Gary sings, and she plays the piano, and there are other people here that have gifts and talents. We need you and want you, amen? So, um, very cool. So I wanted to announce that. I think there was something else. I can't remember. Yeah, we want to, Angela, she's finished her, her training for, for school, so we want to give her a shout out. Good job. That's very cool. Yeah. Uh, I want to say about the worship thing, too, is it's not just um, singing on the stage. The worship thing is going to encompass dance. It's going to encompass creative arts. It's going to create um, prophetic arts. Um, so it's worship and the arts. So if you're a dancer... We want dancers to worship God, and we will have we have stuff that we want to do for it. So, um, just to let you know about that, how many have ever been in a in a service where they dance with banners before the Lord, and you felt God's presence? And when those flags made the popping sounds and the ha, oh, you just like woo, right? We want to train people to really bring and usher the presence of God and know what it means, not to just do it, but to know what it means and have the the wisdom that goes with the gift. And to just go for it. So see Sarah and see Kyle. And, uh, the, and, and we just want to just launch into that. Um, why don't you take just a couple of seconds and shake hands with someone around you. Just tell them it's great to see you. We're so happy to have you here. Jerry, I'm so glad to see you. <laughs> this is Sarah's mom is such an awesome lady. I'll tell you that right now. One of the most awesome, awesome, awesome. Too, bro. Oh, sorry. I'm trying to be careful. 
shot. I think he looks a lot like Angie, too. I yeah. Think. Oh, yeah, both. Good mixture. <laughs> He's a good baby. Yes. I tell everybody, I'm glad we had him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's not a trouble. You never know. <laughs> yeah, but Angie was really good, huh? Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Sing that one time with me. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. One time, Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Why don't you just lift your hands and love on him. Lord, we thank you for overcoming all the power of the enemy and then giving us the ability to trample on snakes and scorpions and for us to overcome all the power of the enemy. 
We love you, God. You're so powerful. You're good. You never lose a battle. <laughs> You're always victorious. It's your name. <laughs> you lead us into triumphal procession, Lord. Amen. <laughs> yes, you're in a victory parade. Thank you, Lord. I was just we're in a we're, we live in a victory parade. We're in a war, but it's a victory parade, right? Like, you know, the Mavs, they kind of jumped the gun a few years ago and they started planning their victory parade route before they won it. Well, we've already won the battle, and we're in a victory parade. We're marching in a victory parade. So remember that everywhere you go, you are victorious. Say, I'm more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. You're not going to win by, like, a touchdown. You're going to win by, like, four touchdowns or 25 touchdowns, <laughs> you know. You're more than a conqueror, right? You're not barely going to win with the last second shot at the buzzer. Yeah. It's going to be like the all-star game. You're just going to start throwing alley-oops to each other just for fun, just because you're rubbing it in, right? Behind the back, off the glass. That's where we're at. So, amen. Today we're going we're gonna to take some time for testimony, all right? And uh, before we do it, Vanessa's going to be the first one, and she's going to give some of her testimony. If you have a testimony you want to give, we want you to do it today real quick because uh, we're going to explain why it's so important and what we want to do as, as a church in the future. The, the Bible says in Revelation 19, verse 10, that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, all right? So testimony is a prophetic thing, all right? And we're just going to teach on it real fast. The Hebrew word for testimony, when you translate it and translate it, it means to do again, all right? So when we say come give your testimony, then what you're doing is you're getting up and you're telling what God has done, and it's God issuing an invitation to do it again. Amen? The Ark of the Covenant was first called the Ark of the Testimony. Before it was called the Ark of the Covenant, it was called the Ark of the Testimony. And the way that they knew about God and the things that he could do and his power and his authority was they sat around at night and the parents taught the kids, the older taught the younger, this is what God did for us. This is the nature of the God we serve. This is what he did for me. So if he did it for me, this is the, the, the heritage that you've been born into. He's going to do it again. He's going to do it for you. It's not something he just does. It's not acts that he does. It's his ways. Remember, we talked a while back. We don't want to just be familiar with the acts of God, the things he does, his deeds. But we want to be familiar with his ways. The way we become familiar with his ways is the, the spirit of testimony. We rehearse over and over and over again the things God has done and is doing. And we do not allow our minds to dwell on what he has not done. Wednesday night, uh, in the class, this this way of explaining it came to me. I've never thought of it before. I'm sure someone else has, but to me, it was like, wow, dude, that's really good for me to remember. Your mind is your checking account. Things come in, things can go out. Your heart is your savings account. All right? If you can put at the front of your mind that God is good, he's faithful, he's just, he's never failed you, and if you feed your checking account on that enough and you get an excess, then you put it into your heart, into your savings account, then as time goes on, those deposits will begin to overflow, and out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth will begin to speak. It's a perpetual thing. You talk about God, you're pouring deposits into your heart on who he is and his nature and his ways to where the anything that comes up, what will come out when you're pressed is the overflow of your heart. When you're pressed, what's in you comes out. If you're a grape, grape juice comes out. If you're an orange, orange juice comes out. 
Amen? So what you're allowing to go through your mind is your checkbook. You take captive every thought, make it obedient to Christ. And whether to get rid of it or, God, that's from you, I need to store it in my heart. I, your word, O oh Lord, have I hidden in my heart. Testimony is the spirit of prophecy. In other words, the more you talk about God and you deposit that, then when trouble comes, the first thing that will come out of your mouth is not, oh, God, how are we going to pay the bills? Oh, God, I've never been this sick before. Can you heal this disease? It's terminal. The first thing that will come out is, God, you're my provider. And it's not a burying your head in the sand thing. It's a conviction that you live by. Amen? So we have to feed ourselves on what God has done and is doing. This gives us a new way to see things. Testimonies teach us how to see. All right? Testimonies keep in the front of our mind how good God is and how powerful he is. And they literally retrain how you think and how I think and how we see things and perceive things. Amen? The Bible says that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. You're going to hear, as long as you're here, about testimonies. Because it's, and they don't have dates on them where they expire, right? They don't go bad, like in three weeks or whatever. The enemy has come in, and he has done this to people. All your testimony is old. The things that you're talking about, they were a long time ago. Don't talk about them anymore. Shh. People don't want to hear your old stories. So what he's done is he has silenced the testimony of the saints. What happens when the testimony silences is the fruit begins to become silenced. So we don't have any new testimonies. Because we're not feeding on what he did, which creates a path for him to do it again. So we become fruitless believers. And it all comes from we stop telling about what God's done. Amen? You have a testimony, and it's vital that you rehearse it. One of the things that I said is I grow through life as I'm a, as I'm a father. I will always tell the kid, my kids what God's done for me. We will always talk about what he's brought us through. In our marriage, we've been through a lot of hard things, really hard things. We had life-shattering things happen in our marriage that God has delivered us from over and over and over again. We know he's faithful. Amen? What's your testimony today? I want you to think of something because if you're brave, I want you to come up here in a moment and give your testimony. It can be quick. It can be a couple minutes long, whatever it is. Whatever we have time for, we want you to give your testimony. If you don't want to give it today, it's important that in your daily life, you begin to just, God, I thank you for, I remember when you did this for me, Lord. When you do that, it will give him an invitation. It will create a road for him to come do more stuff. Amen? A testimony is an invitation from God for him to reproduce what he's done. Amen? So without that, any further words from me, I want Vanessa to come. She's going to give testimony. And then if you would like to, just raise your hand as we go, and we'll pass the mic, and we're just going to have a testimony service. All right? So, Vanessa, awesome. God bless you. Thank you. Um, okay, so when they told me that I needed to share my testimony, I was like, well, do you have two to three days? <laughs> Because it seems like the Lord, you know, he just keeps delivering us and delivering us and delivering us. Um, I grew up in a home that uh, was, I guess, unchurched, you could say. None, none of my family attended church. Um, I remember my granny is probably the most important uh, role model and person in my life that really just influenced me. 
my mother was a single mother. My mom's a great mom, but she was a single mom, and she was always working, and so we didn't have a lot of time with her. Um, but my sister is here on the front row, and it was just she and I, until I was 16, uh, my mom remarried and had um, another child. So really, it was just pretty much us growing up. And uh, I can remember, you know, my sister went to church a lot with a neighbor down the street, and I never went. They were a lot younger than me, and they had invited me a couple of times, but I wasn't interested in it. Went a couple of times with some friends, but again, it was just, you know, I went, and it was, it was something to do. It was never anything that really penetrated my heart, I guess, at the time, um, but little did I know God had a plan all along, and uh, I went through um, a lot of abuse in my life, and uh, the Lord just really protected me in, in all of that, but it was several different things that occurred. And so as a result, I became a very angry, bitter teenager who was always uh, into fights and in trouble. And um, in, in that time, uh, now, you know, how we get somewhere and then we can look back and just see how it was just the Lord. But in that time, he really kept me in, by way of, through what I thought was my conscience, you know, and I guess, you know, we do have a conscience, but it was really the Holy Spirit, and I called it my conscience, but it was the Holy Spirit would just talk to me, you know, and say, you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be here, you shouldn't be with these people, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, and it would somewhat restrain me from going 100% into whatever activity I was involved in, which was all, you know, dangerous and potentially <laughs> hazardous to my health, <laughs> and, um, it's just the Lord just to save me. He, he really, he was just with me, even though I didn't acknowledge him. He saved me, even though I, I didn't ask him to. And it wasn't until I was an adult um, that my mother, who we went through, through a period of church hopping for a minute. My mom was going through a really tragic time in her life, and we went to several different churches, and, but we didn't root ourselves anywhere or plant ourselves anywhere. And then she just kind of just stopped going. And it was just like, okay, that was the end of that. Well, my mom calls me as, as an adult, and I'm already, um, you know, a mother of three kids. <laughs> and I, my life was actually the best that it had ever been. I had really struggled through and overcome a lot of things. And I met my awesome husband. And I will just tell you that he wasn't my husband at the time, okay? We were living together, had a baby together out of wedlock. We were not married. And my mother calls me one day, and she's just got this sound in her voice. And, and she says, I went to this church, and you've got to go. And I'm like, excuse me, did you just say church? I'm sorry. I think I have something in my ear. Did you just say church? And she was like, yes. And it was the little, little, and there was just, there was something in her voice that I had never heard before. And I'm like, what? This woman is really excited about this. And you have to realize that through all of these events that I was doing and, and things that I was doing as a teenager, my mother and I didn't have a very good relationship because I was really rough on her. <laughs> I was a rough teenager. And, uh, so here's my mom calling me. She's excited about church. And I, because of that tone in her voice, of that excitement in her voice that I had never heard, it was just God, you know, drawing me in and wooing me in. So I went to church, and I'll never forget walking into the doors. Um, the presence of God was the first thing that, that hit me, and it was through the people. And they just were loving. And, and, and I remember thinking in my mind, and this is just, it's so sad to me now that I didn't, 
I, I kept wondering and questioning, what do these people want from me? Why are they being so nice to me? What is all of this about, you know? So I go into the service, and the pastor just preached this awesome message, spoke directly to me. And then altar call comes, and, and he said, if anybody, you know, wants to receive the Lord, just, you know, come down to the front. And I was literally scared to death. I could, my heart was just beating so hard. felt like it was going to pop out of my chest. And I didn't do it. I just, I froze up, and I, I was like, I don't know what this is. You know, and of course, it was the enemy talking in my ear. You don't need to go down there. You don't know these people. What are they going to do to you? They might take you in the back. You don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> you know, so it was just that mistrust. So it was my second um, visit. Now, you have to understand, again, my husband and I are living together. We're <laughs> out of wedlock. I come back. I had invited him to go with me, and he said no. So the second time that I went, I said, hey, you really should go. And he was like, I ain't going to that church. I'm not going to no church, <laughs> you know. And so I went by myself. Sorry, honey, I'm telling on you today. <laughs> he was like, I ain't going to no stinking church. Anyway, <laughs> so the second time that I went, um, it was like the Lord would not let me stay seated. I just couldn't. And when they gave the altar call, I knew that I had to go. And I went down and I, I gave my heart to the Lord. And I'll never forget that moment of just completely, I really completely gave myself to him 100% from the get-go. It was just, I didn't know how hungry I was until I took a bite. You know what I'm saying? And it was like the, the Lord's goodness. I just, I just drank it in. It was like I couldn't get enough. And every day after that, it was just the word, the word, the word. All I knew is to, I was listening to everything I could get my hands on. All I did was pray. All I did was sing to the Lord. All I did was I just got in a place with him where... There was nothing else mattered. It was the most important thing. Well, through that, and I say this to any women uh, that might be here whose husbands aren't serving the Lord or won't come to church with you, <laughs> through your, your faith, he can be saved. Because you know what? I didn't come home and I didn't say to my husband, I got saved, you should too. I'm going to church, you should too. The Lord never allowed me or released me to say that, but every day I just came in, and the closer I got to God, the more, more joy and more freedom that I experienced, that bitterness was leaving me. <laughs> All of those things that I had carried for so long um, due to the people in my life was leaving. So my husband, one day, he just came up to me, and he said, this was a couple of, I've, I guess I've been going for probably a couple of months, maybe three months. And he just walked up to me one Saturday night, and he knew I was getting mine and the kids' stuff ready, you know, for church. And he walked up to me and said, you know, I think I'll go to church with you. I said, okay, well, you can go to church with me. <laughs> and so my husband went, kind of same thing happened to him. He went the first time, felt the call, but didn't get up. And the next time he went, we both went together, and I saw him fixing a stand-up, so I went, I went down with him. You know, I just, I just wanted to be with him. And so we go down. He gave his heart to the Lord. So they take us to the back to further minister to us, you know, give him the materials and, and all of that. And I'll never forget it, but this couple, they were a sweet couple, just they were so awesome. They called us back there, and they said, would you like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And I was like, you know, I mean, you're a new believer. You don't question anything. You're just like, yeah, if it's, is it God? Is it from God? I'll take it, whatever, you know. And I was just like, is it? And they said, it's a gift. They said, it's a gift that if you want it, you can have it. All you have to do is ask for it. And I was like, sure, awesome. where do I sign up? Is it free? And um, so they were like, yeah, you can take the girl out the ghetto, but you can't take the ghetto out the girl. I'm sorry. 
Um, so anyway, he, both of us sat there together and we both received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. And it was amazing. Well, I had my first, um, just real together encounter with God. I don't know if any of you have experienced that. If you haven't, I recommend it. <laughs> if you haven't done it, I recommend it. But anyway, um, <laughs> so we both got filled um, with the Holy Spirit that day together. And I will tell you what, our lives have not been the same. Uh, we've been forever changed. And every time that we've gone through a struggle or difficulty, we just remember that time, you know, that we just had with the Lord. And the fact that he brought me up out of that miry pit, that's one of my favorite scriptures that kind of just in my heart, it just goes along with my testimony. He brought me up out of the miry pit and he set my feet on solid ground. There was nothing in my life that was absolutely horrible, but there was so much mess. It was a miry pit. It really was. And God has just totally cleansed us. Now our, all of our kids, my daughter back there, y'all give her a hand, Kirsty. My awesome, beautiful, anointed daughter. All of my kids now love the Lord with all their heart, and they're all serving the Lord in one way or the other, their own little way, even my little four-year-old. So I just want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen. I want you to know that I know most of us here have probably already see the, received the Lord. So my testimony, I believe right now, is for your husbands that aren't with you. I really feel that really strong. There's some women here that maybe their husbands won't come to church, or they just, I don't know what the case may be. But I want you guys to know that that testimony is for your families that aren't saved. I believe that there was somebody in my family, even though there was nobody in my direct household, okay? But I believe somebody in my family was praying for me. I have to believe that. I have to believe somewhere in my family tree, and it may have even been way back, guys. This is what I'm saying. This is so important that we live a life of heritage. It's <laughs> We got kids right here that we're responsible for, and it's not just our own that we're creating a heritage for. They need to see, hear, and know the goodness of God, and they need, to, they need our time to sow into them because, you know what, if it wasn't for somebody in my life praying for me, then I wouldn't be standing here today. And you know what? I believe that there's generations that come. What if it skips a generation? I mean, I'm just saying, I'm not doubting the Lord, but I'm just saying, maybe, maybe it skipped a generation with my family, that my direct family that was with me. But that doesn't mean that the word of the Lord is going to, the word of the Lord does not return void. So somebody somewhere was praying you know what I'm saying? And I believe that my whole family was supposed to be saved, healed, and delivered and living for the Lord. But you know what? I can't go over that and I can't mourn that. What I have to look at is right now, it starts with us. We have a heritage, all of us here. And so I just encourage you to just be, keep believing for your loved ones. Don't give up on them. No matter how it looks or no matter what they're doing, please don't give up on them. Thank you. It's good stuff. That's the edited version, I guess. It's been formatted to fit within a time. No. I want to pray right now. If you have a lost loved one, uh, a loved one that doesn't serve the Lord, I want you to stand right where you're at. It could be a, a son, a daughter, a mother, father, sister. And, we're, yeah. and husbands, we're going to cover it all. Yes. Acts says he will not just save you, but he'll save your entire household. It's God's promise to us. It's his word. Amen. Amen.
You just begin to pray till you hear your voice. Just pray that over your family. God, you said you'd save me and my whole house, so just pray your voice. Lord, we pray over everyone in this house, Lord, my family, that everyone in my family will know you and fear you and love you and see your hand move in their lives, Lord, that they'll live for you forever, that I will continue in the legacy that I was born into into the legacy that someone in my, my family paid a price for. I will carry it on to my children and my children's children. We pray for our husbands here, Lord, that are not saved, we call them into the kingdom right now. We just ask you, Holy Spirit, to go get them. We send you, Holy Spirit, just go and pursue them, draw them close to the Lord right now. I ask in their dream time, and their quiet time, and their truck driving time, wherever they're at, Lord, that you would just begin to woo and pull them close to you, Lord. Lord, if there are wives here, the husbands that have wives that don't serve you, Lord, we call them into the kingdom right now. Begin to speak to them. Begin to pull on their hearts, Lord, right now. If we have children that aren't serving you, Lord. If we have brothers or siblings, Lord, we pray right now that they would come into the kingdom, God. We ask that you would send out the nets and just pull them in right now. Lord, it's not your will that any perish, but that all come to repentance, that all come to know you. And then you said it's your kindness that leads people to repentance. So, Lord, we release the goodness of God, the kindness of God, and we release Holy Spirit to do what you do best. Tell people how good Jesus is. Testify to people how good you are, Lord, and bring us into your kingdom. We thank you for it. And I ask that you give that, continue that perseverance in the hearts of those that are standing here. Give them hearts of iron and endurance, Lord, that they won't quit until they see it happen. That they won't give up, that they won't become offended, that they won't become disappointed or weary, Lord. But you said don't become weary in doing good, for in due season, if you do not faint, if you do not quit, you will reap what you have sown. And we release that word of this house, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes. Before we ask anyone else want to give a quick testimony, I want to mess with you a little bit. I want to ask you a question. When you and Terrence got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, were you married yet? All right. I wanted to mess with people. <laughs> I, I think that it's really um, important, too, and I'm, I'm glad that you said that because I didn't finish or complete that thought. But I think that we, um, a lot of times as family members or just as church family, we think that we need to tell somebody what they need to do. Like as soon as they get saved and, and they got filled with the Holy Spirit, if somebody had approached us and said, okay, you guys need to go get married now, we wouldn't have been able to hear from the voice of the Lord on our own. And I think that it was really an awesome thing how God orchestrated that because we Two weeks later, right, babe? Wasn't it two weeks? I think it was about two weeks later, after after he got saved, we were in church, and this is just the way God operates. He has such a has sense of humor with us, and it's always like a boom crash kind of thing for us. It's like get out there and hurry up and do it. And um, but anyway, the pastor was preaching, and in the middle of his sermon, he just stops. He wasn't talking about marriage or anything like that, and he just stops and uh, being obedient to the voice of the Lord. The Lord spoke to him and said, if there's anybody, he said, I don't know why I'm doing this, but it's for somebody. If there's anybody here that's living together and they're not married, <laughs> y'all need to get married or move apart. And I want to tell you that he read our mail so tough that like we started sinking in our seat. He was scooting away from me, literally, and trying to act like he didn't know me all of a sudden. I'm like, what? It's already done. What are you doing? And we're like sinking down in our chair like, whoa, how did he know that? You know? <laughs> So can I tell you, within four weeks, we were 
at a park with a minister that we didn't even know. We didn't even ask anybody from that church. We just called somebody up in the yellow pages, baby. We, we let our fingers do the walking like, who is going to get us married quick? And then my sister was the only one there to witness it uh, because she was holding the video camera. But I promise you, we didn't worry about anybody coming to the service. We, didn't, we weren't concerned with anything but pleasing God. We knew that we had to get right with God. And when the pastor said it, it was a word for us, and we obeyed quickly. So... I love that because I knew, I knew, I just wanted to ask that question for, to, to mess with people's thinking because, like you said, it, it, there are guidelines that people give, and it's cool to give guidelines. We'll always give guidelines. But what, what happened in their situation was they were given the opportunity to learn to hear God's voice. His voice came in the pastor bringing a reproach to them pretty much, but they recognized it and they responded to it. So uh, I think that's really important for all of us. to. It's our duty, responsibility to recognize the voice of the Lord when it comes, regardless of what the source is. That's part of the relationship. That's just as important as being told what to do, as hearing his voice. And so I, I wanted to hit on that. Anyone else have a testimony real quick you want to give? Yes. All right. Uh, I don't know where to start. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I came ready. Uh now, look, all my life, I've uh, people look at me, and, you know, I got tattoos and stuff. They think I'm a gangster and stuff. I just look this way. <laughs> 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 no, but uh, I, I had a tattoo on my neck that said 817 because, you know, ever since I was younger, I like to represent where I came from, and I like to let everybody else know. Well, now it's starting to be like a big common gang thing but I ain't no gangster. And Vanessa gave me the idea, I think last week, that I could change that into a Bible verse. And I barely started coming to church, what, like a month and a half ago, maybe two months, something like that. Amen. And uh, I was like, well, well this, maybe this could work. And uh, so I started, I went home and I looked in the Bible, every chapter in the Bible, and I looked for uh, chapter eight, verse 17. And this is the one I found. It's Romans chapter 8, verse 17. And it says, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Amen. Is that like, that's just great. That's like, man, when I read that, I was like, oh, that's it right there. <laughs> Game over. <laughs> I went last night, and I got it put on my neck, changed it all up. Man. And then another thing is I've always wanted to get tattoos on my fingers, but I never knew what to put. I always just knew some kind of words. And uh, I remember pastor preaching one time talking about forgiveness. Whatever we've done, whatever we have done can be forgiven. And I thought, forgiven? Well, that sounds real nice. So I got that, too. <laughs> and one more thing I want to say. Uh, I, I wouldn't be here right now if, if it wasn't for my homeboy, Tim. Because where I was before 
wasn't a good place. <laughs> and Tim knows he was there with me, you know what I'm saying? And uh, Tim told me about church, and uh, I was the same way Vanessa said, church, are you serious? <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> so he brought me here the first day I was here. Boy, I loved it. I love this church. All y'all, boy, I love all y'all. I like that. What the enemy means for harm, the Lord turns it around. Amen. It's a good verse. <laughs> Anyone else? Got rid of his cold, healed him. Amen. Good stuff. Anyone else? Testimony. Something good happened. You can shout it out right where you're at if you don't want to come up here. Saying that she felt like she was coming down with a cold, so I just um, we just prayed, and sure enough, no cold. Anyone here fighting sinus allergies, cold right now? Stand up right where you're at. Yes. Anyone else? This is what we do with testimony. When we hear it, now we respond to it. Okay. So the Lord healed people of it. So we're just going to pray, God, right now. We pray for everyone that has sinus issues or colds, summer colds, whatever it's called. We release them from it. I ask that you dry up their sinuses, take away the symptoms and the pain, and make it go away completely. Let their heads clear up, and we thank you for it. We love you, God. You're good. Now test it. You know how we roll. Keep testing until it goes away. Mine's going away. I was getting all that way last night. I feel good today. No medicine either. No medicine at all. I hate the way medicine makes you feel. Amen. Anyone else? Grandma's car was stolen. They found it, brought it back with no damage. Awesome. That's good news. <laughs> Okay, the person that took it brought it back. That's, all, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's even better. That's a responsible joy rider. <laughs> Bring it back in better condition with a full tank of gas. <laughs> Anyone else? Very cool. Yes. I'm glad you said something about uh, something being returned. Uh, something that's been going on at Bethel Church in California for a while is They've been praying for lost items to return. So I was at home, and this seems really simple and stupid, but it was really important to me. I had a baseball that my brother had caught for me at a baseball game, or at a Rangers game when I was a kid, and he gave it to me. And I would hold this baseball at home, and I'd just toss it to myself, I'd, you know, just play with it. And uh, I was at home one day, and I was tossing it to myself, and I knew for sure I put it in the basket where I always put it. So uh, I did that, and I came back later and was wanting to find it. And I looked over every inch of my house trying to find this baseball, and I couldn't find it. I looked in the couch cushions, chair cushion. Uh, I was like, Sarah, what would you do with my baseball? You know, I was like, I was, I was getting mad. I was like, I know you hit my baseball. Give me my baseball, man. So I, I, was, like, I was, like, really upset about it because the baseball is important to me. 
So I was like, I forget this. So I went outside for a while and just like grabbed a tennis ball and just threw it against the wall. I was pretty frustrated. I was just like, oh man, where's my baseball? <laughs> and I was, I was really upset, man. So I went inside and I sat on our, our chair, our little love seat. And I was like, Sarah, seriously, man, if you're playing with me, that's okay. I'll forgive you. Just give me the baseball. <laughs> I was like, just give it to me. She's like, I promise you I didn't get it. So I, sat, I was sitting in the chair, and I stood up, and I walked to the other side of the room, and I turned around, and that baseball was sitting in the direct middle of that seat that I was just sitting in. <laughs> and, I, and then I was like, Sarah, you better not have put that baseball there when I got up. She said, dude, I have no idea where that baseball came from. So that was cool. I'd like to say about, it's probably about seven weeks ago, uh, my back went out on me, and I was in bed for about four days, and I had to miss work, and I went to the doctor, and my home doctor told me, you sent me to get MRIs and everything, once the MRIs were complete, they sent him back to my home doctor, and he said, you've got a ruptured disc, and about the only way you're going to take care of it is surgery. Well, people from the church started praying, and some friends started praying, and uh, I went to see a neurosurgeon, he looked at my x-rays. He said, he said, you do have a ruptured disc. He said, you can see it and everything. But he said, how are you feeling? I said, well, actually, I feel great. You know, I, I, my back had gotten to where I was feeling. I was going to work, doing everything I normally do. I, you know, I was working at home, doing work at the house and, and stuff. And, and he said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, I'm not going to recommend surgery. And he said, this, and he said, and he said You're, you seem to be doing fine. I'm just going to. And I just, I just thank God for that because I, I wasn't looking forward to have to go under a knife. Nobody wants to do that because I've heard, I've heard good and bad stories about that, but more bad than good. So, you know, I just thank God that I didn't have to go through that. Amen. Amen. Well, we, let's pray that for Alf and uh, Matt and anyone around. Let's just pray for complete healing for his back. Why don't you come and lay hands and you just stretch your hand out and amen. Lord, you said by your stripes we were healed. We just release healing in his back all the way down from top to bottom. Every disc, I ask that every, that every disc would be lubricated properly, that every, every joint would be put back in its right place, Lord, that any tension that's causing this would go away, that there will be complete healing. Whether it's instantly or over time, we want complete healing, God, where he doesn't have to go through treatment or anything else. We want the great physician to touch him. We release healing, complete healing over his back. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Okay, um, anyone, you've lost something that's important to you uh, other than a baseball. <laughs> you've lost something, yes. Anyone else? Ooh. Um, and it's my dad. I lost my dad because what, um, he never was a part of my life growing up. And I called him. Thank you, sister. You know. I called him and um, talked to him, and he's still not a part of my life, but I forgive him for that. And the Lord's taken that pain away because I had the revolving stepdad door, you know, the alcohol and the partying and blah, 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 blah. And the Lord's, I don't have any of that in my life anymore, that um, BS. And uh, I'm believing the Lord for healing me for asthma. And I've been delivered um, from alcohol and drugs and cigarettes when we went to the conference. And 
I tried that on my own, and yeah, it didn't work. And uh, um, I'm not settling for that trouble breathing anymore because God doesn't want it to be that way. And uh, the whole family I didn't have growing up, I have now. All of you. Hey, stay right there. Stay right there. With some ladies to pray for her, lay hands on her. Um, two things I heard. Um, he's near to those with a, a wounded heart. And for asthma to be completely healed. And, and one thing that we pray is regardless, you know, we do believe in what you reap, you sow, that kind of stuff. But there's a, a greater law that's the law of grace. And it's where you don't get what you deserved. And no matter, for those of you that maybe drank in your past or you did drugs or you smoked and you get older and there's things that come with that. And you think, I'm getting what I deserve. When you came in the kingdom, Jesus made provision where that's, that curse can be broken from your life. Okay, so, so not just for her, but anyone else here, you're having symptoms from past lifestyle that you want healed from it. Right now, stand up right where you're at. Anyone else? Yes. Yes. Thank you. The Lord, he's, he does things all the way completely well. He doesn't leave things broken. He fixes them completely. Um, so would someone please go to each one of these? Anthony back in the back here, Stan and Miriam right here. Just someone go to each one of them. And just release, just release God's love over them. That's what they need. That's the ultimate thing. So, Lord, we release your love in this room. And what you did at the cross was a complete, a good work. Lord, and, and yeah, we do believe when we make bad decisions, there's consequences at times. But you made provision at the cross where you can trump the bad decisions that we made with something called grace. And we release grace over their lives. We pray that the symptoms, the pain, um, the things that come with bad lifestyle decisions from their past that are over that's in their past, we call it done. We call it complete. We ask that the door would be slammed completely shut and that wholeness would come in and complete healing. Restore her lungs. We want brand new lungs right here. We want a creative miracle, brand new lungs. We ask for that right now. We break curses of family curses that are passed on, that they would stop, that they would end today. We break, the, we break shame and guilt also right now in Jesus' name. Guilt and shame has no place. Condemnation um, of feeling bad for it, it's over. Godly sorrow brings repentance, but once repentance is over, then we walk into the fullness of Christ, and we say yes to that. We turn our back. We change our thinking about these things, and so the curse of it is broken. The connection to it is gone. We say no more, and we release complete healing, complete wholeness in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Mm. I want to say this. This was a word that the Lord gave uh, a couple Wednesday nights ago specifically for this, and we'll close the service out. If you need to go, you'll never upset us if you have to leave any time in the service. So just do so. We don't want to say something about it, but if you need to leave from now on, just know that, that it won't, won't affect us. We'll just keep going on. We'll be here all day. No, I'm just <laughs> um, We don't have Sunday night. Let's just go on. So but what I want to say is that condemnation, guilt, and shame, beyond making you feel bad as a believer, beyond just handicapping your ability to believe in your worth in God, it moves you also into another thing that's dangerous, and it's called self-righteousness, all right? What that means is because you feel bad, bless you guys, because you feel bad, because you're under that shame and the guilt of what you did, now what it can do is it can move you into where you try to perform to earn God's favor and his love. It's a really dangerous trap. So guilt and condemnation is a two-headed weapon the enemy uses. It keeps people bound up and feeling bad, and so they don't try, or they feel, they feel like this. 
And then there's the other group of people who are like, you know what, I feel so bad that I've got to go work and I've got to do all this stuff for the Lord to feel better about myself. And the Bible says that's not the way to come to him. And so I want to break guilt, condemnation, and shame because of the two-headed weapon that it is. Bless you. The two-headed weapon that it, caught, that it comes in and it tries to destroy and bind you up and handicap you or cause you to work for what is free. He even said it. You foolish Galatians. Who's tricked you? Who's bewitched you? Who's put a curse on you, a spell over you, to where you think that you could come into the kingdom by the Spirit, and now you're going to try to live this out in the flesh and by works? Who's tricked you? And so I want to just pray for anyone here that struggled with guilt and condemnation. You just raise your hand. Right where you're at, guilt, condemnation. Yes. Oh, this, is, this is good. Lord, we say no more to guilt and condemnation for the two reasons that it comes in. We say we cut it off. We cut off that feeling bad and it handicapping people, and we also cut off that works thing that comes in to try to earn something that's free. Lord, we are saved by grace through faith, not by works. We're saved by grace through faith, not by works. And you said there is, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit, alive in Christ Jesus, has set us free from the law of sin and death. So what once was a death sentence on us has been removed from us. So now there's a life sentence on us. We have a life sentence, an abundant life sentence over our heads. So I ask that you bring a Holy Spirit happiness and joy, love, grace, peace, power, joy, all these things. We release it over their lives now and we break that works thing to where they just love you, and out of their love for you flows the, 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 the disciplines of Christianity, not out of works. Amen? Well, this is a great, I want to say this. If you have testimonies, we want record of them. Email them to us on our website. We have a book that, that Jonathan brought us, Jonathan Trannel, and uh, that he brought us that we're keeping, we're keeping record of testimonies that God's doing. It's going to be our book, our living testimony that we're writing, and so we're going to keep track. So if you have your testimony, Type it up, send it to us, and we're going to have a calligrapher write it in this book so it's like our own treasured book for the church, all right? And so we'll have, hopefully someday we'll have volume one, volume two, volume 15 of what God's doing in people's lives. So please email that to us. Yeah, whole library. Bridgechurcharlington.org and the website has the email and all that stuff. Send it to us. And uh, we just want to bless you. Why don't you stand, and we're just going to dismiss. Thank you for staying later today. And uh, we just... Love you guys. Very happy that you're here. Yes. I'm sorry. I just, um, okay. When, when I was up here and I was talking about um, the kids, our kids, our children, and our families being saved, there's a, um, that heritage has just still been burning in my heart as I was standing over there. And it's something that I have been in prayer over. This is something that I'm, uh, experience in my own house, and I know Pastor and Mandy are as well, and we have been talking about we can't just do ministry, we have to be it, and so revival begins at home, and then when we come up here, we have, um, this is our church family, you, you guys are, we're all a family, we're all in the family of God, and Jared was hitting on this this morning about how a family loves and, and protects and provides for their family and honors them and that's kingdom, and our home, and what we're doing in our home is very important, but what we're doing up here is very important as well, and then we can't take anything outside of these walls to somebody else until we're experiencing it here as well, and so something I've been in prayer for um, regarding the church um, ever since I have been um, taking over the youth pastor position 
and or started the youth pastor position, I should say, and um, helping with the children's ministry here. And what I'm looking at and what I'm praying for is that we would all have a family heart and that, that in that family atmosphere, your children are my children and my children are your children. We're like cousins and, and, and uncles and aunts and grandparents and we're all of that. As a church body and a church family, I take that very seriously. And so I just want to say that our children, <laughs> our children need each one of us as just the same as we need each other. And so I just want to ask you today that you would go and just pray. I feel like people are already, we want people in there with our children that are called to be with children, first of all. But maybe you don't know that you're called to work with children. I'm just going to tell you this from our experience. We just jumped in. And the reason that we went, we started serving in children's ministry because we wanted to learn how to be Christian parents. And I know that sounds selfish. It sounds like, oh, my gosh, you went over there to serve just, you know, to learn something for yourself. But literally, that's how the Lord drew, drew us in is he gave us a desire to want to be good Christian parents. And so we got into the, the kids' ministry, and once we got in there, realized, hey, we're really called to this. Like, we really have a heart for these kids, and we love them so much. And it just grew, and it grew from there. And I want to tell you something. Serving kids is not work. It is a joy. It is a joy. You will receive more blessing out of serving children than anything else in the world because there is such a pure heart in them, and it's such a wonderful thing, and they're so grateful and gracious to be with you. They just they're just delights. They would just bring delight to your soul. So it's not a burden when you do it in the Lord. And I just want to just say that we do, our children need us here. And so if the Lord puts it on your heart, if you feel like maybe you'd just like to even try it out, maybe, and, and maybe it's for your own reason that you just think, you know, I just want to come in and, and try this. Maybe you don't even know that you're called to it. But just go and just spend some time with the kids. Spend some time with the Lord first and just ask him if he would have you to help. Because our kids, they really need us. And we want to um, put in them a godly heritage because this is our family. And we're all responsible for that. Amen? So I just want to close this in prayer. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this time that we've had in you, Lord. I thank you for the people in this house, God. I thank you for this family of God. Lord, I just thank you that you have brought us together in unity, that you draw us closer and closer together, closer than ever before, Father. And as we go home, Father, that we would just continue throughout our week to pray for one another, God, to keep those accountability partners that we have, Father, for our, the continued freedom in this house. Lord, I just thank you, Father, for each and every person that is called. I thank you that they have special giftings. Lord, I just thank you that you are cultivating them and you're developing them. And Father, I thank you that you're bringing them to pass for such a time as this. Father, I ask that you would bless your people as they go, that you would pr protect them. Father, just surround them with the hedge of protection as they leave. The angels will encompass their car. Father, I thank you that their homes are safe. Father, covered in the blood. Lord, and I just thank you for each and every person here that they're going to have a blessed week in Jesus' name. Amen.